welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. She stop the rain. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood as we continue our journey through this month of folk horror here. If you guys are into mud, demons, if you're into tree huggers, if you're, if you're into a witch that kind of look like a thing from Power Rangers, this <laughs> is the show for you, brother, because we're talking all about eyes of fire j.a allison james klein what's happening what's happening allison what's going on what's up what's up man um yeah this movie was uh this movie was something else i really like this movie though at first i said i thought it was going to be the final frontier but we're actually in the american frontier (laughs) 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 yeah buddy it's gonna Uh, be a good one yeah um i don't know i mean i'm doing okay you know um it hasn't been a bad day. Um, I was kind of, you know, daylight savings times coming up, and I was kind of oh, under yeah. the impression that spring had started, but, uh, you know, and I'd, I'd spent yeah. the uh, day making uh, spring and summertime type drinks, you know, margaritas and things like that, and uh, it's cold as shit here. Like, we're, yes. it is so cold. Yes, it's like, snowing I'm so up in cold here. right now, and, um, <laughs> yeah, it is very cold and very windy. And um, I this is not this is not what I paid for when I paid for spring. I kind of want a refund on on spring. So exactly, I do not. Yeah, <clears throat> zero of ten will not recommend or whatever. Yes, there is no uh, springtime happening over here. We're having as good as luck as our boy Will did to make his own congregation. That's how much luck we're having over here in Asheville. <laughs> but yes, but you know we like to do a lot of partying here on the Retro Blood, so. Hold on. Wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, yeah, brother. Oh, yeah. We're getting the beer drinking started. You know, I know Allison said he was drinking before. And I was like, you know, fuck it. I'll just join him. And I actually have. Oh, yeah, I'm, still, uh, I'm still drinking. And so, you know, it's it, we're actually celebrating summer, summertime right now or springtime. You know, just like our boys, um, you know, uh, Dalton out there just going to land, searching for Indians. You know what I mean? We'll do the same here on the Retro Blood. And I'm going to start that off by drinking a good old IPA. And I got me an IPA from the Wicked Weed. It's called Pineapple Express. So, not Ooh, one. those are good. Those are good. I've had those before. That's a really good IPA. Yep. IPA is a good summer beer when it's not like, you know, 25 degrees or whatever. Exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah. But uh, I'm uh, I'm drinking my double margarita that I made so I can make it through the whole... Uh, whole show as you can hear my eyes you know who you know who here. you know who looked like an ipa drinker in this movie it was our boy uh, drool 
Yeah, he he looks like an IPA. Drinker. He looks like an IPA kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody, we're gonna be talking all about Eyes of Fire. I actually really like. I actually low key really like this movie. Like I thought it was really. Great. I actually like the 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 concept of the movie, and it was really weird. It's like <laughs> it's like you know this is 1983. You know what I mean? Like we don't have like the most and. In this age, there wasn't like super duper camera effects and stuff like we do nowadays. But I appreciated the the camera effects they did with this movie. You know, with the yeah. mud people coming and disappearing. There's some lightning bolts, and there's a whole lot of negative. I like that. I was about to say whenever yeah you you <laughs> you knew something bad was gonna happen when everything went into negative all of a sudden. Yes, I I, like I, I appreciate the uh, the evil spirit. At one point, I was like, oh, shit, it looks like a Power Rangers demon. I was like, this is awesome. It's like out of nowhere. <laughs> so we're going to get all into it, everybody. But before we get into this gem of a movie for our folk horror month, uh, let's talk about what was happening during the release date of this movie, which was October 21st, 1983. Yes, we are back in the month of October 1983 now. About... Two weeks, two weeks ago, when we did the podcast Possession, yes, the one with the Japanese sex demon, uh, we actually talked a little bit about this month, because that movie was released, well, uh, a, a soft release around France, I believe it was, around October 28th, 1983. So we did a little history there, but we have all new stuff for this month. So the first thing is, let's get into the metal which I have right over here. So we have talked about this band before. Mm-hmm. And I actually, when I found about, you know, this, this band got released their, they released their, their album around October 30th of this month, 1983. And of course we are going back. I feel like we're going back to some like retro blood, um, vintage, you know, like Michael Cole says, Oh, it's vintage. This, you know, I feel like vintage. I feel like Retrobud has, you know, we have enough episodes right now to have some vintage stuff. So we are talking again about Merciful Fate, brother. Oh yeah, that's very that's very vintage, uh, very vintage um, Retrobud. There, we talk about King Diamond in about every episode. Yeah, pretty much. Almost <laughs> as often as we talk about Iron Maiden. Exactly. It's like a it's like a war of the bands of who we're going to talk about more between these two bands. But Merciful Fate released their album Melissa. During this particular time, Melissa, which is a great oh my god, this song is so good. Yes, which is very great band, very great album. Um, I actually liked the song when I was listening to it. Uh, it was like in the coven. I thought that was a pretty good song, and you know that whole album. Yeah, and definitely, and like you know, to me, like you know, Merciful Fate is like like I we said I said this before. You know, if I was rocking in the 80s and stuff, Merciful Fate would be like my my Cradle of Filth nowadays. You know, like I really like Cradle of Filth. I don't play them all the time. But when I pop them in, I'm like, okay, I can listen to this. You know, sometimes I don't listen to them all the time. They wouldn't be my top favorite band. But if I pop in their track, pop in the CD, you know, it's going to be a good listen. And this album is actually pretty good. It's not that long. It has about like, what, six songs to it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not very long, but I mean, it's it's a classic. Every song on it's really good. I mean, like you said, in the Coven's great, Melissa's great. Um, this is still when they had the uh, human skull and femur bones that they used as a microphone stand. Yep. 
um, which they named Melissa, which were supposedly, um, they were supposed to be like real human bones. And King Diamond said that they were from like a witch that had died, which I'm pretty sure that's like, you know, there you I'm go. pretty sure that's a work. It's I'm pretty pro- sure that's a work. I don't know, man. But- <laughs> Maybe he was hanging out with our boy, Marion Dalton. All right. And he helped defeat the witch that was in this movie. Yeah, there's enough uh, skulls and femur bones in this movie. Yeah, to, uh, yeah, you probably picked up a couple. To, to have made the microphone stand, yeah, for sure. Exactly. I mean, we got like Evil, which is the opening track. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have At the Sound uh, at the sound of the Demon Bells, or Bell. Black Funeral, Satan's Fall. You know what I mean? Good stuff on here. So everybody check oh, it out. Yeah. If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen, if you haven't heard uh, this uh, uh, Merciful Fate album, it's actually pretty, it's pretty entertaining. It's actually pretty, like I said, it only has about like what seven songs on here. Yeah, something like that. It won't take you about thirty minutes to listen to it, probably. Although yeah. one of the songs is really long, I think. Isn't Satan's Fall like eight or nine minutes long? Yeah, it's probably around there. Yeah, yeah. The whole album's like forty minutes, so not too bad. Ah, uh, yeah. I have to take a swig at this beer, brother. Oh yeah, but I you know I'm going to see Merciful Fate. So I are you saying have, have I ever seen them? No, I was going to say did I tell you that I'm going to go see them? Oh, you are. Yeah, in August they're nice. playing at the Heavy Metal Festival in Las Vegas that I'm going. Oh, nice. So that so they're the first, they're pretty much back together, huh? Well, kind of. This is the first Merciful Fate show in America in 20 years. Okay. Um, so they're supposed to have a new album, but we'll see if that actually comes out. Mm-hmm. King Diamond is supposed to have a new one too this year. Yeah. As well. So I did see King Diamond before, and this is actually going to lead into something that I promise to do every episode, which I hope, uh, something I promise to do every episode of talking about band experiences. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I can't remember, so I saw this tour, it was in Dallas, when I was living in Dallas, and I can't remember if it was Merciful Fate or if it was King Diamond, I'm pretty sure it was King Diamond, it was a really weird tour too, I might have talked about this tour as well, so it was, I swear the tour was this, it was King Diamond, and then opening for them was uh, Every Time I Die, which is weird, (laughs) you know? I was about to say, that'd be really weird, but I mean, it could happen. Yeah. It could be. So, the... So I met like two two people kind of technically on this night. Uh, I met the drummer in the bathroom for a second, which I didn't even know he was a drummer. Uh huh. And then during this, um, I wasn't really a big every time I die fan. Um, yeah. they just never were my thing. Even though I do like the butcher, although he's a pretty good wrestler. Um, but you know, so I was hanging out kind of like in the back while they were doing everything. So, but. One guy, so I, I watched the show. Um, it was in I can't remember what actually a venue it was because I don't think this venue is, um, exists anymore in Dallas. But the venue was basically it was you would walk in, there'd be a stage, and then they had the pit area, and then there was like this like side stage where it was like blocked off for like it'd be blocked off for the guy doing all the um, you know, all the uh the uh recordings or doing all the uh the, the sound the, the mics and everything sound, yeah the sound right. guy pretty much he's on his own stage but then also too would be like the vip section as well and then in the back you would have like your shirt stands um in the vip areas around there then like in the other corner would be like all the restrooms i can't remember what the actual club was called 
I want to say it's the Galaxy Club, but I could be wrong. I did see a couple of shows here. I actually saw the 69 Eyes at this particular club too. But on this night, I was hanging out. My friends were just doing their thing. And I noticed, I go, shit, that's Vinny Paul over there. You know what I mean? Big Pantera fame. Vinny Paul. Obviously, I'm in De- Texas. So, of course, he would go to King Diamond show. I'm sure. You wouldn't miss that. Yeah. So, he, <laughs> I felt like such a, like a dick doing this though. But I, I, at the time, I was like, I never really met like a like a metal star before, you know. So he was walking actually towards me because he had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I had to stop him this quick. I was like, hey, man, I'm a big fan. You might forget a picture. He's like, oh, man, I got to pee. I was like, sorry, man. He's like, okay, no, it'd be cool just for a second. So my girlfriend at the time just takes a picture of me and him. And I'm all like, yeah, rocking out. And he just has his face like, get this fucker away from me. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably like get the hell out of here you mark i'm trying to go take a piss brother and i was like we got whatever man right <clears throat> so yeah that's that's my one rock story for this for this uh particular uh episode i got some two more to come after this okay all right all right well i'm looking forward to those for sure mm-hmm. do you have any there, rock stories um, you want to sell there is. oh go ahead well, I don't have any rock stories that relate to this episode that I can think of. There is one musical heavy metal thing that I would want to mention, though. So this movie came out on October 21st, 1983. And on October 21st, 1983, this is something that we would have definitely gone to. And the Trans Am? And the Trans Am. We'd have gotten Trans Am. And headed to Atlanta to see Iron Maiden play on the uh, Number of the Beast tour in the Omni. Oh, okay, nice. We would have got up early. We would have driven to Atlanta and saw Eyes of Fire in the afternoon. Yeah. Then we'd have gone straight to the Omni and watched Iron Maiden play Number of the Beast and all their hits. You think they were showing this in theaters? Those Eyes of Fire? You think that was a. In some theaters, yeah. Instead of um, I think we've mentioned this before because like movies didn't always get wide releases during this time. So the budget of this so film, most, hold on. So it says like the budget of this say, film yeah. two point six million, and apparently box office did twelve million. So it actually made a quite amount of quite a bit of money. Yeah, I mean that's most most horror movies make money. That's why people make them. That's why like you can it's easier to get money for a horror movie historically than any other movie because they always make money. Because they don't cost anything to make, um, you know. Like the classic one now, I guess is well. The classic one originally was Halloween. Yeah. How it didn't cost any money to make, and then it made, who got and who knows how much. Money. Still making money. Still <laughs> making money. Um, and then Texas Chainsaw Massacre before that, and then I guess the current version of that is Paranormal Activity that costs like a hundred thousand dollars to make or whatever, and it made like thirty-five million dollars profit. It's crazy. Yeah. Just gotta do that one, one good horror movie, and you're good to go. We just gotta make that one horror movie that plays in every theater, and then everybody will come see it, and we'll be millionaires forever. Yeah, pretty much. So finish on with this. So the Beast of the Tour. We talked about that tour before here in the Retro Blood. We did. So yeah, but it would be a fun one to go to. You know what I mean? Like we got the fucking uh, Melissa album playing in the car. We just saw Eyes of Fire. We just saw some mud people. We saw some fucking, uh, some fucking witches and demons. We saw our boy Will freaking out over ripped up papers. All right, and then we fucking drive down see some Iron Maiden. We'll be drinking some of this Pineapple Express beer. We'll be good to go, brother. 
Hell yeah, brother. All right, what kind of what kind of pro wrestling are we getting into around October 21st, 1983? So, <clears throat> when we talked about this month a couple of weeks ago, we talked about David Schultz uh slapping the shit out of John Stossel. Yeah, buddy. Um but <laughs> um but around that time, um there was a couple things related to David Schultz going on cuz he was I guess working for the AWA also around this time. And the AWA had were, was doing a tour of like Canada and the northern Midwest, and they had borrowed Andre the Giant from uh, the WWF to do some shows. And he was going around doing, you know, winning battle royals for them. And on October the 21st, um, we had a show with, um, well, he's actually not on the show, but. He, um, we had a show where Hulk Hogan defeated Crusher Blackwell in a steel cage and David Arquette, David Arquette, holy fuck, David <laughs> Arquette, David Von Erich. <laughs> David Arquette, brother, he's coming back in the past. Right, maybe I shouldn't, uh, maybe I should have had less tequila before, uh, before this episode. <laughs> anyway, David Von Erich, uh, defeated the Super Destroyer. Um, so that was a really, that would have been a really good show. Um, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I know. I'm no, thinking they see, must have had. Anytime you see Kevin Kevin Eric, he's really good. Yeah, for sure. And they must have had. I'm wondering. I was going to ask you your opinion on this because they were. They must have been running two two, like an A show and a B show. Mm-hmm. But the other show, so they were also in Denver, Colorado, the same night where Andre won a 20 man battle royal. Yeah, you know um, that was his thing though, Andre. Like, yeah, they would only really book him for battle royals, like. Most of the time. Just because, yeah, you know, he's I mean, huge, he's big, you got a bunch of people in there, you want to show off his attraction by him just throwing people over the top rope. Yeah. Right, and he doesn't have to move around a whole lot. Like, exactly. you know, you, you can ha- he can just kind of stand around and throw people out. But he was he was in a 20-man tra- battle royal, but he also, he, he wrestled twice that night. He also teamed with uh, Mad Dog Vashon and Rick Martell. And they uh, defeated superstar Billy Graham, Mr. Saito, and David Schultz in Denver. Wow. So that's kind of weird. So they would have like a show. I mean, this is pre-Hulkamania, obviously. But you would have a show in St. Louis with Hulk Hogan on it, and you would have a show in Denver with Andre on it, uh, where Andre wrestled twice. So I don't even know. I'm not sure what the B show is to that. There's there's I, no... You for can't some reason, lose. in my brain, I can't comprehend seeing superstar Billy Graham lock up with Andre the Giant. No, no. It's very, very no, interesting. I can't, I can't either. That, yeah, I've never seen that before. That would have yeah. been that would have been, been a really cool, cool match to see. Yeah. yeah, that would have been a cool match to see. And then, especially, uh, um, I mean, his partners were very interesting too. <laughs> what a weird, yeah, I mean, what a weird combo. Yeah. yeah, it's almost random. It's like I don't know. How, I mean, that that sh- that must have been made on the night. Like they must have had something. Yeah, some angle coming out of that battle royal where. Mad Dog Vashon and Rick Martell decided to team up against David Schultz, Mr. Saito, and Billy. And that's Graham. another weird I mean, that, mix up. Superstar yeah. Billy Graham versus Mad Dog Vashon. Right. <laughs> wow. That's kinda like yeah. it's I mean, kinda like when we talked that, that's kinda that's kinda like when we talked about it on a, on a on an episode um a couple weeks back. Uh, when it was Billy Billy Graham versus um the butcher. <laughs> uh yes. <laughs> On that random Saturday night episode, uh, WCW Saturday night. So yeah, yeah, hey, hey, 
matches that we think would we were probably just be commonplace during that time. So yeah, I mean, maybe they were. You know, I mean, they probably were just putting people together, and yeah. it was that's a deal. What we've of got the tonight. Yeah, it was Abdullah the Butcher, yeah. Yeah, Not for all the, the marks out there, for all the people bitching out here, hey, it wasn't the fucking Butcher. No, it wasn't the Butcher. It was Abdullah the Butcher. All right? Yeah. Obviously, you AEW, you marks. Yeah. So, but yeah, that sounds pretty sweet. Sounds like a pretty good show to drive the Trans Am into. I mean, a couple weird matches. I'd definitely like to see those. So, but everybody... Let's get into this movie because I want to dedicate a lot of time to this movie because it definitely has a lot of very interesting scenes and a very interesting background. And I am going to tell what I think these creatures kind of are as well, too. So, but everybody, let's get into Eyes of Fire. It was a time of witchcraft, of hangings, of horror, of magic. They were outcasts on a desperate voyage to the promised land. What they found was a terrifying world. Lost in a forest far from home, in a valley none would enter. That tree says that this valley is where the lost blood gathers. It's the home of the devil. The secret is sleeping in the trees. So, you know, just like always, before we get right into the breakdown of the whole movie, I want to go over a little little backstory of the movie. Allison and everybody, do you guys know that this movie used to be also known as Cry Blue Sky? I knew that once I looked it up, yes. yes. I, but I've, I've never seen any of that name, though. I've always, I remember this movie coming out on videotape, and it was one of the movies I rented at the supermarket that I went to rent videos at. 
and it was called it was called Eyes of Fire then. But Cl- Cry Blue Sky, that's also kind of a good name, although not as appropriate as Eyes of Fire. I don't think. Yeah, I kind of like Eyes of Fire. Isn't it a band too? Um, I was I was wondering that. I think there's a band called Eyes on Fire. Okay. Which might be I don't know what they sound like. I think I was I think thinking I think a, I was thinking about High on Fire. Or, well, High on Fire is a great band. Mike Matt, Matt, Matt Pike, yeah, I love High on Fire. Yeah, they're pretty. I actually seen them before a long time ago. Yeah, I saw them at the Orange Peel. Um, I don't know, several years ago. Nice, great band. But you know, some other stuff about this movie. Um, it was written by a independent filmmaker, Avery Corson. Is that right? I think it's Kraus. Kraus. Uh, you know, I don't know what else he did, but it's pretty no, cool to see I was, feverishly, I was feverishly trying to figure that out. I don't know that this guy's ever made another movie. Yeah. Which is a damn shame because this movie's fan-fucking-tastic. I mean, this guy should have made another movie. Yeah, because, uh, so, you know, uh, some stuff about this movie, I thought it was shot really well. Like, especially for the time period and location. Um... I mean, the the scenery was great. A lot of the shots were great. Um, they did a really good job of making it like a really good period piece as well. And I thought like a lot of the actual creatures and, and the trees with the faces on them were really well done as well too. And I liked the, you know, we had some like lightning bolts. We had some explosions out of this movie. I was like, man, for a fucking independent film, like this guy had a lot of good talent, especially when it comes to the editing and then the, the way he presented its story, so I thought you know they did a, uh, like a really good job on this on this particular film. Yeah, he did make three movies apparently. Um, I've never seen any of the other ones. He, in 1988, he made a movie called The Invisible Kid, and then in 1996, he made a movie called Sister Island, nice. which I know absolutely nothing about. But yeah, I mean, it's like one of those situations where, um. You know, it's almost like he had this one great idea, this one visionary project that he wanted to make. So he made this movie and then who knows? Who knows what happened? Yeah. Eh. Maybe just like, ah, screw it. I'll go be a lawyer. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, maybe did something that pays more. Yeah, there you go. So I'm trying to look up some of the... Uh, actors in this film just really quick before we get into it because i i really like the actor who paid will Smythe, mm-hmm. our boy will Smythe, the preacher and i remember when i heard his name they're like oh this is will Smythe." i was like Smythe, where have i heard that before and i was like okay you know i don't know i don't know a lot of names from a lot of places but i know Smythe. you know i remember Smythe from if you can get this guess this allison You're not gonna, I don't know. You're not going to guess this. It's from the 1990s uh, uh, Spider-Man cartoon where he had where he oh. had Smythe. Remember the guy in the wheelchair? And he later yeah, turned up into the... guy that made the Spider Slayers. Yeah, the yeah. Spider Slayer guy. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's the whole thing I was, I was thinking, thinking of during this movie. Smythe. There he is. <laughs> I was thinking of... Uh, every time they would say his name, I was thinking of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Will Smith. I actually wrote that in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god but yeah apparently the, the actor that played him was Dennis Lipscon and I'm trying to look up some of the movies I don't think I've ever seen any movie that he's been in before but Death Ring sounds pretty cool 
So uh, let's see. I'm trying to look him up. Let's see what what other movies has he done. Top cast, Dennis Lipscomb. He's probably made. Is he like one of those guys? He's probably made like a like a bunch of like low budget horror movies. Probably. And now works now works a regular job. Yeah, I mean the guy who actually played uh, Marion Dalton. You know he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, you know he's probably like, like a super well known actor, but he has been in a lot of like, like good movies. Like he was in Foxcatcher. Um, you know he was in um, Black Scorpion, the TV series. So he's in a couple couple films, kind of like the same thing. It's like not like super highly known, but he's definitely had a, a good style of work when it comes to that. So very cool sometimes to see like younger actors and you know actors you know that are like not really big, but I thought they did a good job because those two like were my favorite in the movies. I thought they did like the best when it actually come to their actually acting presence. I thought they did really well. Yeah, I mean, I thought the acting in this was actually really good. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's low budget. I mean, you know, you're not looking at like top talent. You're not going to get top talent from Hollywood when you're making a movie that the entire movie costs $2 million. You're not getting Tom Cruise for that. You know, he's going to do Top Gun instead. But, you know, I mean, I thought the acting was really good in it. I mean, this movie was great. I mean, it was really, really good. Yeah, I thought it did a pretty good job. But let's get into everybody. Let's break down this Eyes of Fire. So, we have an intro, and we're actually doing the theme of fire again. So, we have fire intros for two movies here on Folklore. We had Pumpkin Head start out with the fire intro, and now Eyes of Fire is, is living up to its name of having some fire for a little intro. So, we are in the American frontier, which is the colonial days of the United States before it declared its independence. And is is the year nine, oh, 1750. <laughs> like, damn, brother, that yes. fucking IPA is kicking in, brother. <laughs> I'm going to be like our boy Will here pretty soon. Uh, he actually has one fun, funny line I'm going to get to pretty soon. So we have like this French captain. He is looking at this like kids. And he's like, who are you? Where are you? Where's your mother? And at first I was like, listen, like I, I don't want to be that wrestling fan, but he was doing this. <laughs> every time he's saying something it's like who are you what like where are you what where's your mother what <laughs> it's like where's your father what's he doing here what <laughs> they're just asking him all kind of questions and the kids are like like uh you know like he's like you know what happened to you you know you're, you're far here from from your land you know this is french territory and then the guy and then the kids are like magic we came from the devil's valley and then they start going on about this like queen of the or the forest, um, and then the 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 French the French guys is basically coming up saying like they're basically like going over like hey we just came for this place, um, it's very like they're talking about witches and stuff, and he's like hey tell me the truth you know you know where, where are you guys like you, what's going on over here, and they're like okay well we're gonna tell you the story about how we got here. All right, so then we have our narrator of the film. Uh, her name is going to be Fanny. Was it? Let's see. Yeah, Fanny and Meg are the two yeah. names that we, but we see mostly, and they're yeah, yeah, yes, Fanny. All right, 
That's a very 1700s name I I know. For, for a woman. Fanny. I was like, Fanny? What the fuck? So we have Fanny and Meg. Fanny's kind of like the older sister, and Meg's like a little, little younger. All right, so they are talking about, she's like, we lived in this small village, and her father was out, like, hunting and, and I guess, like, living his life on the earth and stuff. And her mother was cheating on the dad with the new preacher in town. All right? And eventually, the townsfolk found out about this, and they burst into the house. All right? And the preacher, his name is Will Smythe. Will Smythe. And boy, this guy. <laughs> this motherfucker. All right? So it starts off like this this older guy coming in saying like, "Hey, they're coming, they're coming for blood. They they're going to they're going to get this girl, they're, you know." And then they 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 start talking like, "Hey, you know, that's all right. They won't do anything to us." Eventually the townspeople come in there. They they grab uh, this girl where her name is going to be Eloise and they're taking her. And basically this is kind of like also during the the period of time where like if anybody acts any kind of strangely, it was like the devil doing it, and they're like witches. Yep. Yeah. So she's a witch. Yes. And her husband's off hunting. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's off hunting, doing his thing. So like, when these guys start like banging into this place to go get Eloise. So after he, after they grab Eloise and stuff, and then the fans just talking about like how the town basically found out that this preacher was messing around with this married girl. Uh, they thought the preacher was not, like, a good preacher because when they're... They basically captured him. They captured Eloise, and they're about to go bring him to hang the actual preacher. I think they were going to go hang Eloise afterwards. And the preacher has, like, this kid that follows her around. Are you talking about the other, the other woman that he had an affair with? No, the the, 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 the kid, the orange hair girl. The, the the major yeah, no so yeah so Lee yeah that's that's the other he wasn't he accused of having an affair with her too I mean he might have been I think so I think it was it was accused of having an affair with with Eloise and Lee oh okay and that's why they were gonna hang him because he was having he was the he was, the preacher was having an affair I gotcha I gotcha yeah listen Fanny she's not a really good like narrator all right she kept saying all this stuff like super quick I'm like okay can you slow this down for me there Fanny all right help me out over here girl. Okay, I don't speak 1970 or 1750, whatever it is. All right, so they're, <laughs> they're got to be fucking hanged, all right? And this Will guy, like, <laughs> he just, like, Mr. Like Preacher guy, long black hair and stuff. The town people are about to, you know, they're they about to burn down. They basically burned down their house that they were staying in. And the townspeople are, like, giving them, like, what kind of preacher were you? You were supposed to be noble and everything. And then eventually the, we had this couple, uh, this old guy who was almost got, he was in the trailer. He went to go talk to this guy named Jewel. And Ju he calls up Jewel. He's like, hey, Jewel, I need you guys to save. They're about to hang him. And at first, Jewel's wife, I was like, hey, you know, I don't want anything to do with this. You know, don't worry about it. And Jewel's like, I got to go. I got to go help him. So he goes and rescues them. And they're about to hang uh, uh, Will. And before they could do that, um, Lee, she is like freaking out. She's like very like con, you know, like saying some sort of tongues and shit. 
And she's like freaking out a little bit. And eventually the rope burst and the preacher falls down. And then right when that happens, yeah. Jewel and his and his gun gang burst burst in to counter um to kind of like hold off some of the townspeople. And this is when Will he gets up. They all think this is some sort of like miracle. Because, you know, anything that happens like this stuff, like people like think it's like some sort of like spiritual things that's happening. And then yeah. Will goes on to this talk saying like you know what you experience is here is like the miracle you know i am i i know you're good people i know that this town uh um gold dens ferry is a good town for good people but i have to go and bring some other people to a more promised land and they are coming with me and i'm sorry not everybody can come to the promised land with me you guys are going to have to be staying here at this place while bringing everybody up to a better future so basically, we can still kind of see like this Will guy is basically a con artist, but he's using religion to do it. Kind of, yeah. So this was a really good work. This is a really good gimmick he's got going here. So they were about to hang him. Yeah. And then Lee was like babbling constantly. And then the rope breaks, which is foreshadowing some things that are going to have that we're going to find out about later. But Will goes straight into the promo there where he's like, you know, this, you know, a miracle saved me and we're going to go off to this promised land, but you guys can't go. And what that means basically is like, I'm getting away from the people who are going to kill me. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then one of the line was when I was going, I was like, yeah. Uh, then we, uh, we took the, the raft to, to go to this new promised land and we just locked all the rest of the town people in the barn. I was like, you just locked this whole town in the barn. Like, just like they just like let you. And he's like, yeah, we could take whatever we want. We just put it on the raft and everything. I was like, what the fuck? Okay, you about to hang this guy? Did you let him take everything? Yeah, everyone else in the town they locked in the barn somehow. They, well, you know. So they took the. So basically, we have a whole group. We have Will and um, uh, Vanny, uh, Vanny, Fanny, Fanny, Meg, and uh. Ulysses. Lee. And we have Lee. And then we have Drool and his family. And then we have this old guy. And then this this sister. And then we have two other kids. So we have a, a kind of a little small uh, uh, congregation. You know? And and they're, they're going to go find a new promised land that the spiritual uh, Christian, Christianity man will, will bring to them. Alright? Mm-hmm. So they're going on. We see the Will and um, I'm just gonna call her the mom because I can't say her fucking name all the time. And the mom fucking just kissing, making out over each other. And then uh, we, you know, Fanny's like kind of she's like our narrator. She's like, I never see my mom lust over somebody like this before. I was like, oh boy, oh boy. She's like, I just don't know where my father goes. He just he just disappeared and stuff. And there's no he nobody knows where he is. He's like just asking to see him. And then we see we actually this is when we actually meet Marion Dalton, the dad of Fanny, Meg, and the husband of Ulysses. And he asked some old lady, Hey, there needs to be a raft here. She's like, Yeah, that preacher guy and your wife stole it. <laughs> And then they sit by that part. Yeah, you the preacher in your life stole the raft. Yeah. And then she goes on saying, like, she's like, Yeah. Freaking uh the preacher in your wife stole that raft and stuff. You know, what are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? 
And, and Dalton's like, I'm going to sit by the fire. He's like, <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Well, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to eat this squirrel. It's like, well, what are you going to do after you eat this squirrel? I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> I was like, I like this guy already. <laughs> yeah, he's been out in the wilderness for a while, man. He can't uh -huh. be concerned by shit like that. Yes. I mean, he's probably like looking at it like, oh, if wife and kids ran off with the preacher, he's probably got less problems now. Yeah, he's like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> I get to go live in the woods and eat squirrels and sit by the fire. and Yeah, I get to be... Uh, exactly. I get to be... Uh, uh, Jimmy Crockett, you know what I mean? Can't. <laughs> I was going to say David Crockett, but, you know, close enough. So <clears throat> now we are back on the raft. All right. And the old guy, he's like rambling. He just, that guy just ran. I couldn't understand what he was saying. He just rambling a bunch of rambleness. All right. So we have Will. He's talking to everybody too. Uh, now we have some, the, that's the old lady, which is sister. That's her name in the movie, sister. She is rambling. As well, too. A lot of rambling in this boat. Lots of rambling in this movie. Yes. So, Will is now telling the backstory to Lee's character. Okay? He's telling Jewel this. Jewel is kind of like his like right-hand man, in a way. Like, him and Jewel, they're pretty tight. Yeah. So, the story of Leanne is... Uh, Will saved her um, from being burnt alive. Because... What happened was the town that he used to live in, the people took Lee's mother, took her out there and burned Lee, uh, Lee's mother in front of Lee. And before they could burn Lee, Will saved her. So that's why Lee follows around Will because Will has saved her from being burnt to a crisp. You got yeah. that, everybody? And she's, and she's also kind of crazy. Yeah, she also has a lot of visions too. Okay, so she is like our... She is our... um. What do you call it? Our character who is the, uh, the, 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 the barrier between normal, normalcy and magic. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. So then the boat gets attacked and we get an arrow right to that old guy. I was like, fuck, there he goes. All right. And then they yeah, start they attacked by the Shawnee. Yes. The Shawnee. What a great name. Shawnee Indians. Yeah. That should be a wrestling stable. The Shawnee. <laughs> Shawnee. <laughs> yeah. From the Orient. The <laughs> well, they're I mean they're they're a real they're a real Indian tribe, but Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh that yeah, there you go. <clears throat> yes. So they're attacking this 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 raft and eventually um I thought it was like Alyssa that did this, but apparently it was Leanne. She she has she basically went behind the raft and opened up her her like white her like white cape and reflected all the arrows from the boat. And this is our first scene that we can now see that Leanne has some special powers. Well, yeah, so Okay. <laughs> seeing, seeing your perspective. Power power by so, power so by opening white shirt. To this is, is that she used witchcraft to save them. Gotcha. Just like she used witchcraft to save the the, the preacher. Like her babbling was her like using witchcraft to break the rope so he didn't die. Yes, exactly. And now she's using like now she's more openly using witchcraft to save save them from being killed by the, the Shawnee's arrows. Which spell is opening your white shirt to do magic? And and, and turning everything into negative. Yes. <laughs> That's what we got here. 
So they eventually to get away. And then, um, so Will comes up with a plan. All right. He's like, this is the old, this is like an old, he's like saying to everybody, oh, this is a little trick, you know? So basically what they did, they put the old dead guy on the raft and then they built like a couple like fake, like looking people on the raft. Yeah. And they just have it go down. They're like, yeah, but the, the Shawnee, they'll just follow that thing the whole time. They won't pay attention to us. It's an old trick. Don't yeah. you read? That's, as I say, that's the classic like uh-huh. dead body trick, right? So yeah. It's in, in a fistful of dollars where he. He uh he puts the bodies out to make them the dead bodies look up to make them look like they have more numbers than they do. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a classic classic trick. Classic trick. So this is when we get more of Fanny. She is narrating more. She's saying like, yeah, Will was certain that we didn't get fouled, but he was a poor uh poor poor person to navigate us through the woods. All right. So now we have the character. So now we have Marion. And he is, he, <laughs> I thought this is pretty, I don't know if they did this back then. I guess they did. So he has like this little like raft and he actually put his horse on the raft. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously they filmed a oh. horse on a raft. So, um, but when I saw that, I was like, well, that worked. Yeah, I know. Me too. Well, I was apparently like, it does. I guess it does. <laughs> I mean, a horse weighs like 500 pounds or more. Yeah. But I mean, apparently a raft will take that. I guess so. I got I and he got to keep him still and everything. I was like, man. Yeah. I mean, I guess they did that. I just never seen it before. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, yeah. He's I also, mean, well, keeping the horse still makes sense, but like the fact that it whether it would hold the weight or not is is something that scares me a little bit to yeah. try. But I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. I guess it does. I guess it works. Because I mean, this horse didn't drown, and we have it in film. So. And he also looks like some sort of like voodoo doll. But it's probably just one of those shamni. He looked at some sort of voodoo the doll. horse. No, um, Marion did. Oh well, yeah, because well, we find out why in a minute. Yeah. So now we have we're back with the whole crew. They freak out about a noise. They think the Indians have found them, or the Shawnee have found them. Shawnee Indians, yeah. They ha- they all run around and hide. Uh, they all ha- they all because they they basically did find them, and they're shooting at them a little bit, and they they eventually hide around the horses. And then this is when we get Dalton. He has arrived, and he kind of looks like a 1750 witch doctor. His little outfit, <laughs> with his like his plague doctor mask. Yes. Is this the scene? Yeah, this is the scene where he's wearing the plague doctor mask. Yeah, right? and he starts to start yeah. starts laughing. He starts doing his little dances. He gets the he gets yep. the shamanine to start laughing. Yep. And then, like, eventually he gets them to calm down a little bit. It's weird, too, because we saw the Shawnee, and then we saw, like, these other, like, just, like, normal white dudes with guns. And then eventually, um, he, after he makes the, the Shawnee laugh a little bit and, and, and stuff like that, then he eventually, like, starts shooting these, these white dudes. And then, um, Elis shoots one of the, one of the, one of the Shawnee, and then Marion's like, don't shoot, don't shoot the Indian. And then eventually over there, they all leave. And then all the daughters, like Fanny and Meg, go hug their dad and everything. And right. <laughs> so in this scene, like, I wasn't sure. So the white dudes, are they actually white dudes? Or I wasn't sure if they were white dudes or if they were supposed to be um, Native Americans, but they just didn't have enough Native Americans for the for the movie. So they just used white dudes. Well, maybe I it's, sure maybe it's one of those situation. white dudes who claim that they have like 85% Native American in them. Or like, you know, the, right. the 25 or, or no, no, it'd be like 15, 15% Native American in them. And like, 
or turn it. This is turned into Steiner math. But um, <laughs> bro, that this is the IPA man. That's what it doesn't. <laughs> that, that IPA makes you go into Steiner math. But yeah, um, yeah, it could be. I mean, it, yeah, it could be one of those. They got an eighty-five cent chance of winning. Like, yeah, we're like tw- I'm twenty-five percent Cherokee, but I've, I'm blonde and have a mullet and blue eyes. Like, yeah, right. Yep, ancestry.com. There you go. Exactly. So this part was pretty funny too. So I'm pretty sure it was Jewel that said this. He was all like, so what did you, what, he's talking to Miriam. Miriam's Dalton, if I say Dalton and Miriam, they're the same person. I just say whatever their they're names the same are. same person. Yeah. He's all like, he's all like, so what did, what did you tell them to get him away? He was all like, we were talking about their, their wives. He's like, oh really, that's what you're talking about? Yeah. He's, I was also talking about my wife. I was like, oh. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And then fucking, uh, the wife's like, like, the her, his wife, Illis, is like, I'm not your wife anymore. All right? And, yeah, so Which I'm not longer wife. Yeah, I know. She's like, like, according to who? Yeah, according to her, apparently. And this right, is according also, to her, apparently. Yeah, and then this is also, too, when we get Leanne, or Lee. Lee. I don't said Leanne, but Lee's good. So Lee is playing with some, like, white feathers. Around this fucking tree. Tree, yeah. With all the white feathers. Yeah. And now Dalton's saying like, hey, these Chinese, they'll be back. And then Real tries to be like, well, he tries to get kind of close to Dalton to kind of ask him something. He just pushes him right on some like dead, dead Shawnee. And he asks like, you know, like what, you know, what's going on? And then, and then uh, Leanne, right when he pushes Will, she goes on, Leanne like jumps on top of Will because she's trying to be protective of him. And then Miriam's like, "What's what's that? What do you got on her? What do you got on you?" And this is when he goes on and talk about all the feathers and what they mean. So the feathers around this tree, uh, it pretty much means that the Shani will not come to this particular area because they think that the tree, when it has surrounded by feathers like that, it pretty much means it's haunted. Now he said like something a little different than I did. He has more intel. But it basically, it just means that they think that that particular area is no good. It's full of bad spirits. So they not, yeah, they not will go there. And they're probably right. Yes, and they're probably white as well. <laughs> All right. Let's, <laughs> let's listen to them when they say that. So, so but, you know, they, they want to get, they want to go through this valley to see if they can find a place to, to, to stay. And then he's also going, he's also, Marion was also saying like, hey, th- we're on their particular land right now though. So we might have to cross over here because we're in their land and we, we are intruders on this, on their land. So they're going to stay close and we go, they're going to go into the valley. And he's like, they are coming. The Charlie are coming. So now they're walking through the forest a little bit. This is also too when we get Lee, we she's starting to be weird. She kind of like hides behind a tree for a little bit. And this is when we first see a tree face. So we get our first notion of a tree face. I love the tree faces. Yeah. I thought that, that was really cool. Yeah. It's a really cool effect. Yeah. Those are really, really uh, a neat, neat, a neat idea that they did with those. So now they're on some rocks. They see some cabins. They're like, oh, we found some broken down cabins. So they start looking through all the cabins and everything. And they're pretty much just broken down cabins. Like, 
you know, it looks like something like happened, like they got burnt or something. So Lee, she um, attacks Miriam for some reason, and then eventually Miriam calms, calms her down and carries her away because she is starting to freak out a little bit. I guess her witch spirit or, or is, is getting a lot of her spidey sense is going off in this forest. Mm-hmm. That is what's yep. happening. Because she's com- communing with the, uh, what do you want to say, the old, the old gods or whatever. Like she's now, she's now out in the wilderness where all of these old beings and spirits and things that she communicates with are actually living. Yes, and then also too, this is when we get Jewel. He's kind of still asking Mary, like you know, what, what, are you think those shiny are following us? Like you know, what are those, what are those heathens up to? And then he's like, they weren't doing anything; they were just laughing. And then, so basically, we're, show, we're we're kind of seeing that, you know, during this particular time, um, colonial people and the particular Indian tribes are not really getting along too well. You know. No, you don't. You don't say. <laughs> yes, and but but a guy like Miriam, like he, it, it it seems like since he did a lot of exploring, he can kind of get both cultures, so he knows what's going on. Like he knows not how to disrespect. The, the Indian culture, the the, Sham, the Shamli culture. So yeah, I, I got the impression that he kind of spent some time with them because yeah. he could speak their language and he could speak like several Native American languages. And, you know, he knew the whole thing about the plug mask thing that he was wearing and the little dance to do to make them not attack or whatever. So I, I got the yeah. impression that he spent some time with them and he was like, you know, kind of embedded with the with the natives there. Exactly. So this is when we get the scene at the fire. So this is this is our folk horror movie scene. This is when we go to the whole background background of what the movie is about to be become. And I think oh, yes. I think I actually so I'm gonna explain a little bit to but I'm actually gonna play a clip because I think this clip's gonna like say a lot better than what I can explain. So here is the clip of our boy Miriam telling us pretty much the backstory about this forest and his backstory of what this Indian tribe believes what real devils are. That tree, those feathers. The path disappears behind you. It's a devil tree. Some Indians believe that the devil isn't a dark angel who lives someplace else, like down below. They look on it as a natural thing. As natural as a brook. Or a tree. Their devil is born of earth. A part of nature, thriving on the evil half of life. Everything that's good has an evil side to it. To live and breed, the mantis has to kill the fly. The hawk has to kill the sparrow. I killed that rabbit. And I'm going to eat it. I'm happy. But the rabbit's dead. Some believe that every time innocent blood is spilled, it sinks into the earth and joins in particular spots with the blood of other victims who've died before it. Until, finally, the souls of the slaughtered creatures gather together into a breathing spirit a devil that captures the living 
commands their shadows. And it's not just the Indians, you know. A lot of people believe that sort of thing. People carry on about ghosts, banshees, leprechauns. That tree says that this valley is where the lost blood gathers. It's the home of the devil. If you believe So as you heard from our boy, Miriam, he is basically explaining that you know, the, the the Indian culture doesn't believe devils are like some angels or like some sort of supernatural beings. They actually think they're real-life creatures from the earth. Mm-hmm. And they're more like, you know, like how... And he kind of explains it in some metaphors. Like how, like, a hawk can kill like a, bird, like, a, like a rabbit. The hawk is feeling good, but the rabbit's dead. You know, I can go and kill, uh, you know, like a pig or something... But the, the pig's not going to be happy, but I'm happy. You know, where's the evil? The evil lies right between there. And he's saying, basically, uh, this ground that they're on right now is a ground that has a lot of, like, innocent blood is spilled. And then when an innocent blood is spilled, that's when a lot of the dark, de- uh, evil spirits will rise from there. So, you know, just a different thought when it comes to um, that type of, like, evil spirits. You know, so this this style of evil spirits is not like ghostly spirits. It's more like nature, uh, evilly spirits. Like they come from the actual yes. nature or some spirit nature demons. So I thought that was yeah, a really cool. It? I thought that was actually really cool. And I, I think that's a lot of things that a lot of people don't explore before. So I thought this was like a really original type of story that we're getting into. Yeah, it's a very folk horror uh, uh, thing. Like where the the that these they're, they're these things that have lived in the earth forever and they're older than people and they'll be there after people have gone and they've been there before people were ever here and they're older than time they've just been there forever and that's that's basically what these are what they're talking about it's like there's these you know they're not you know fallen the demons aren't fallen angels they're just like these entities that have lived in the earth forever yeah and he also goes on like hey you know not just you know, Indian cultures believe this. A lot of people believe these kind of things. You know? So, see, lots of people believe that, you know, the devil can come in many ways and shapes and stuff. So, this is next. Then we get Lee. She was sleeping, and she wakes up, and then she sees, like, these, like, um, kind of these people like kind of walking through their cat, their their place that they were staying, those broken cabins. And eventually Marion wakes up and starts shooting them away because they think it's like those shaman Indians that are trying to like, maybe like sneak up onto them and try to get them. So apparently, um, so now we got, we're in the morning time and the group thought they were alone, but they're not. They thought, they, they thought on this particular part of the land that it wasn't inhabited by anybody. They thought it was just them by themselves. And now they're thinking like, hey, you know, like we're not alone here. And this is when Will's saying like, hey, you know, we're not alone here. But they didn't come to hurt us. You know what I mean? They actually came to just, you know, maybe, you know, try to maybe like talk to us and be friendly with us. We should reach out to them. 
We shouldn't do any kind of bloodshed. Maybe I can even turn them into Christians. He's all like really excited about this. Yeah, always the terrible, always the bad mistake, right? Yes. Yeah, you, you, we can find these new people and let's turn them into Christians. Yes. And then, like, you know, Miriam's just saying like, hey, you know, they didn't really look like normal type of like Native Americans that I've seen before. So yeah. it's just like, this is kind of like a little, little little interesting. I've never seen anybody tribe like this. And he's saying like, you know, like I was telling you guys before, the Shawnee, they won't come in here. So we could we could be encountering even more of an evil entity of these of this particular culture than than we're thinking, and then Will's like, no no no, we're not. They let's reach out to them and make yeah, them right. feel come you know welcome over here with us. Yeah, she's she's basically saying these don't look like people that want to be Christians. Yeah yeah. <laughs> okay, so after we get this, we have um, we have Fanny, and she's kind of like by herself. And this is when we get Miriam kind of comes up to her and he's like, listen, like we probably need to leave here. So Miriam is saying like, Marion is saying like, hey, to his daughter, he's all like, you know, we can't stay here. It's not safe. I'm not really sure what these you know, Native American, you know, are. And it's just not safe here. We're going to be leaving at dawn. And then she's like, well, what about mother and, 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 the, and the rest of them? And he's all like. I just can't figure this out. He didn't say that. He actually said the 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 Q word, which I guess meant something different in 1750 than it does nowadays. Uh, yeah, I think it does. <laughs> I, think, I think so, yeah. So it's very interesting. And he's just like, I can't figure out why, you know, he basically saying he can't figure out why everybody is listening only to Will and not really him. Like, they're all following Will and they're listening to Will. And he, he Will even has, like, this, this, this uh, control over his wife that he can't even help. And then basically Fanny was like, hey, just talk to her and you know, maybe she'll come around. All right. So this is like when um this is when he tries to go talk to his wife, Elise, and then he's like, you know, wants to wants to talk to her a little bit and she doesn't want to hear it at all. She's like, I don't want to hear this. I don't want you to, you know, try to figure out what's going on. She's all like He's like, you know, how how could you be with a man like that? She says, like, you know, what 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 kind of man? Like like a man like you, like a rough, rocky, uh, uh, like a big tough guy and stuff. He's 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 he makes me feel safe because he's more soft. He's more like gentle. I guess basically she's saying like she couldn't control Marion, but she can kind of feel like she can control Will. So that's why she wants to be with him. That's an interesting take. I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what she's saying. Is like, yeah, and also she, she was saying she like, hey, control you, the soft guy. Yeah, and like, hey, you weren't around. You're like on the other side of the earth and stuff. Right. Exactly. He's off hunting and like bringing food back for them to eat and stuff. Yeah. I guess it's not important to them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so this is now nighttime. We have Lee. She is, she is like seeing visions. All right, and then the townspeople go to Lee, or a couple of them go to Lee, and they see some stuff out in the bushes. They don't know what it is. They go there, and they find a little Native American child. All right, and then Will is like, hey, they gave us a gift. They gave us this girl that we can turn into a Christian. Okay. Wow, this guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> I know, that's like all he wants to do is turn this girl. She's like, it's like oh, they, 
they gave this kid to the lord's kingdom of course they did that's exactly what this is yes Yes. And then, of course, when Lee looks at the Native American girl, she sees uh, like a demon looking cat. That's what it looked like to me. Mm, kind of, yeah. And then now everybody needs to be staying in this town because they. So basically, Will decides, like, hey, we have this little girl now. So we're cool to stay in this town because we have been blessed to have this gift in this town. And then he sees the spirit and everybody. We have the old... Oh, this part's pretty funny. So now everybody is like farming. And Will, he's talking about seeds and spirits of them and stuff like that. You know, it's one of those guys where everything has to be like like religious. Every, like all your talk has to be religious. Like, yes, I am drinking God's nectar of the Pineapple Express IPA, which has been given to me by the Lord himself. You know, stuff like that. Let me exactly. take a swig while I do that. Yeah, buddy. So, you know, he's like, he's like one of those kind of type of dudes. And then we see the sister, which is the older lady. She's like raking stuff. And then eventually she rakes one of the fucking, it looks like like a body. And it starts like blood and stuff. She starts freaking out. And everybody goes over in there. And and uh, they're like, what's up? She's like, I saw him. I saw it. It was it was the, the guy something in there a Native American it was somebody in there I saw it I saw it so we're seeing our first like dirt creature or spirit mm-hmm. whatever spirit. they're called earth earth spirit earth spirit so now we see um uh, Marion he's alone in the water um and then he eventually finds like this like rock like kind of like a stone with some writing on it and. They he gets all the pieces together. We have Elise. She is now reading. I bet she can read this language. So she is reading what this stone is saying, and it's basically saying like, it's like saying, "Save us from this e- from this evil devil that lives here." Um, this is like Lay and Mary, and the, it basically had a story saying like they used to live here at this this cabin or the, where they're staying at right now. And these creatures, or this these devils, came over there and they basically killed them. And they, they destroyed this town. So we basically have our first forewarning. And of course our, Bill, our boy Will is like, well, we don't know what that happened here. <laughs> He's like, I don't... all Christians. Yeah. It's like, we don't know what that happened here. You know, we can't, we can't take, we can't take the story of some rock. All right? You know what I mean? Yeah, why? Yeah, because my whole religion is not based on stories that are crafted into rock. Yes. So we can't take the story of the rock in here. He says, and we're not even sure if it happened in these cabins. And he says, like, you know, listen, guys, like, say what you will and everything, but but the people who are here, they blessed us with this little girl right here. Mm-hmm. Which is a no, Native American girl. Yes, make her Christian. So this is when we have Leanne. She's thinking now. Um... She sees some, like, so she's now, like, Lee is out there in the forest, right? And now this is when we get our first negative. So we see some farm area. We see some some 80s negative. Kind of reminds me of Bloodbeat. Fucking, they should have a battle who has the best negative. All right? With these fucking guys. <laughs> I forgot about the negative from Blood. I mean, it's it's a good effect, right? And it, I mean, is that I don't know. Like, well, I used it before. So, I like it. 
Yeah, but negative is easy to make now. But like, yeah. is it? How was that made in like 1983? Was that like hard to do? Or I don't know. Maybe like pissed on the, it. I don't, I don't know, know how they would have done that then. I don't know. But there, anyway, there's probably was a way. To, a lot of negative. Maybe maybe you just have to expose the uh, the footage, right? I, I'm not really sure how they did it. How they did the the negative back in the, in yeah, the day. Yeah. See. See. Like now, there's just a button that says negative. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> when you're making your movie but like back then i bet you had to do some shit i mean that was yes. probably a pretty good effect at the time yes for the time it was probably a pretty good effect and this this effect was really cool right here so like we see like the negative like holding up a girl like holding her up in the hand and like it was like yeah. the the tree demon like the witch the witch tree demon and did i fucking think the creepy as hell and cool in that, that negative great yeah, yeah. this is when we have leanne she's like screams and then this is when uh, Marion is now warning that um, he's warning like Jewel, like, "Hey, you know, you stay here, man. Your family could be killed. All right, your kin could be killed if you stay here." And then this is also too like they're asking uh, at least like they're asking. Uh, or this is also too when they're asking like, "Hey, where's like where's Fanny at?" And then they go, they go, go look for her. And this is when Marion he goes look for Fanny. Eventually, he goes into like where um, Elise and Will are staying. He's like, where? Are they? He's like, we don't have her. We don't know where she's at. So they hear a, a noise in the woods. And this is where Marion goes and finds her. And this is when we see when he goes there, we see a bunch of like, like just like people that are all covered in white. It looks like white paint. And he gets there and they just vanish. And then when they get there, they see uh, Fanny. She's like laying on the ground. And then they eventually get her back in into the place because she's fainted and she won't wake up. And it's like, hey, what was she doing? What was she doing out there? Says, you know, what about the what about the uh, uh, the Indian? I thought they were supposed to be nice to us. All right. And so then this ahead. was so. This is my question. Sorry. So when I mean. You know, like, why? From these people's perspectives, why would they think that the natives would be would they, would be nice to them? So, because, so they thought at first when they first came to the to the village and they got scared off, they didn't come there to like to harm anybody. So Will was kind of like, hey, you know, maybe what's going on here? Let's maybe try to talk to them and try to do like a peace thing with them because they didn't come to harm us. And then he convinced everybody that they were cool now because they dropped off a Native American girl to oh, be turned right. Christian. Of course, I forgot. I forgot this whole gimmick about the Native American girl. They you forgot off. already, Allison? How many well, how many no, tequilas have you had on there? The, I didn't. I didn't forget about the 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 plot point, but mm. um, I did forget that. Yes, you're right. That's why because um, he he's got them she uh, fleeced about the. Uh, whole uh native american girl thing see they gave us a native american girl to make into a christian and they're therefore they don't want to hurt us but um i mean they actually don't but that's not the point of this whole thing is like it's actually the uh native american demons that are fucking with them at this point yes so this is also too like we also get like a weird scene so like Miriam, like just like randomly sees like a naked girl and that's it for like two seconds I don't know where that came from. So this is also too when we get um, 
We have Lee. She's she is now walking. This is daytime, and she's walking around, and she's like, um, she's like following uh, the Native American girl, and this is also she's also following Will at the same time, and then she the the Will's like, hey, you've been acting strange lately and stuff. You should you should be like you know one of like God's angels and stuff. You know what what is going on to you? If it wasn't for me, you would have burned and stuff. And this is when we get Lee. She eats some dirt. She is now. She hugs these kids. Yes. <laughs> you see her eat dirt? She ate some dirt, man. No, I did. I did see that, but I didn't even think about it that way. Your pers- your. Uh, that's why this show is so good and so fun uh-huh. because your perspective and my perspective are so different. On things. She ate some fucking dirt after getting she yelled did. at by she Will. She did eat some dirt after getting eaten by Will. She ate some dirt. She hugs the two kids. She hugs. She hugs Meg and the other kid. I, I don't remember the other kid's name. I don't think they even gave her a fucking name. There's this other kid. All right. She hugs him and then she puts him in like a barrel. All right. And then this is like when the kid is now doing the story. So once once Fanny passed out, we have now our new narrator is now is Meg. Okay. And you thought Fanny was hard to understand. Wait till you hear Meg. All right. Yes. It Holy moly. I guess most. If I was this French guy too, I'd be like, "Oh fuck, I can't understand your story either, kid." All right. So the 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 best line that Meg said when she was talking about Lee was like, "Yeah, she was telling about all these like devil stories and stuff," and she also stared, she also smelled the branches. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Okay, she smelled like branches. Like she's being all very serious. It's like she was telling about these devil witch stories. She was saying that she'll be strong and she'll protect us. By the way, she also smelled like branches. Which I thought was... Yeah, I mean, like, so I could kind of see what she's talking about. Like, like yeah. my... my um, what I would... The word I would use is she smelled like the earth. Yes. You know, like she smelled like the dirt. Yes. But she smelled like branches. Yeah, I, so, guess that's, I, guess, I guess that's something. So the plot prime right now is basically Leanne saying she is going to protect these kids from the evil spirits of this particular land because she yeah. has the power and she's going to get strong and she's going to get her skills and she and she loves the the kids and everything. Right. But they wouldn't even be in this this situation if the preacher hadn't been fucking around. Yes, pretty much. So, now we're back at the cabin and there's a shit ton of wind everywhere. All right? Lots of wind. And then we have the so so-called Native Americans because they could be tree demons too, stealing books. And boy, Will, he is not happy about fucking these people stealing the fucking books. Okay? No. He's like, he's like, yes, they, and and Meg was like, during this part, she was like, yes, they they, they stole the books and stuff. And so we had to build, we had to build a a stockade to keep all them out and and all the books in. All right? (laughs) I was like, Okay, gotcha. Still some books. Okay. To get them out and the books in. Yes. Okay. So this is when we get, we're back, and we, uh, every once in a while we'll cut to scenes where we see like people looking over Fanny to make sure she's okay and everything. And eventually they're looking over to her and stuff. And then Will comes in complaining. He's like, hey, if I can, I had to build these walls all alone. All right. So we're seeing some tension already between Will and Lise. 
Because, you know, Will, he don't care. He just wants to build his congregation. He doesn't really care about the people actually in it. Right. Yeah, I mean, and all of this is his fault. Like, I don't, I don't think I can, I can iterate that enough. Yes. Is that, like, he's complaining about all this happening and how he's having to build all the walls by himself. But this, this shit is all his fault. Like, if, if he hadn't been fucking around, none of this would have happened. They would still be living, even if he'd just been fucking the crazy girl. Like, none of this would have would have been a problem. Yeah, like, they would have all still been living where they were. And they wouldn't have to deal with, like, you know, Native Americans shooting arrows at them and tree demons and and goop falling out of their mouths and all the other shit that happens in this movie. Yeah, so this is also too when we see Lee. She's just starting to sleep in some, like, flowers and stuff. Miriam, he's cutting some trees. And uh, Fanny, she's still sick. Okay, so this is when Fanny is telling her story about what happened to her because she eventually wakes up and starts telling the story. She's like, I just came outside. I was just walking around. Uh, she said she saw some, like, people, like some the, the tree demons. Do we have a shit ton of negative happening around here? We see some More witch people around here. A lot of negative, very stuff going. She's flying in the air now. She mm-hmm. said, I saw you. All right. And then basically, we're just seeing that when you go wandering in the forest, you meet three groups of people. All right. You meet the tree uh, people all dressed in white. You meet the mud people and you meet the actual witch itself. And then you have a bunch of negative. That's what happens when you got in the forest. Yep. During this stuff. Pretty accurate. Yes. And then we have another scene. So Will is back in the morning time. Will has now woken up. And there's a piece of paper by him. It looks like a piece of paper from a book. And he's looking at it. And then eventually he looks around and he sees all these papers from these books around everywhere. And he goes outside and everything. And this whole book's been tore up in shreds. And he is freaking out. All right? you never oh, seen yeah. a guy freak out about books. He's all like, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Fucking eating. He's like, <laughs> the best part is when the goat's eating the paper. Yeah. It's like, how'd they get in? Because like, Jules like, what's going on? I was like, how, I don't know how they get in. God damn it. He kept saying it. And he was all like, then, he's not like, yes. it's like, don't they have any appreciation for European literature? God Obviously damn it. Obviously they don't. Yeah, those bastards. And yeah, like the goat eating the paper. That was great. And then, I mean, because, and then you can't have like a, a evil spirit movie without a goat in it. Yes. And then while this is all happening, the Native American gift from Ghana, I guess, is luring the other kid, which her name is Maggie, out to the forest. Mm-hmm. So we keep hearing, Maggie, Maggie, come out here to the forest. All right, they take her away. We see a lot more negative during this time. All right. Um, and this is when... Uh, all right, so this is when we see Maggie. She's walking around the forest and everything. Eventually, she hugs like a tree, and she gets absorbed into the tree. All right? This is when everybody knows, like, hey, you know, Maggie's now gone. And they see they can go find her. So the group goes out and finds her, and sister actually sees her hanging from like the cross that they built earlier. And she's like, she's dead. She's dead. I know she's dead. And then during this time, 
um we see like her face is like all like melted and stuff but her face is also on a tree as well and then it just so happens that Miriam found that tree and he starts chopping that tree down and then when he chops that tree down that her face was on uh, uh Maggie actually comes back to like normal form and then this is when we get we get Miriam Dalton versus rich creature from Power Rangers and the rich creature blows her her special wind magic on to Miriam while this is all happening. And then eventually Miriam gets the upper hand and the rich creature goes away. So they are now realizing they're in uh, dealing with some supernatural demons here. At least Miriam knows he is. Yes. Yes. So, okay. He's the only... So, like, as, as we figured from the beginning, Miriam is the only person that can deal with the... Uh, the, or that has any kind of knowledge to deal with the uh, evil spirits that they're that they're that they're dealing with. Yes. Other than Lee, who's crazy. Yes. And a witch. So back at the town, the sister is basically saying, "No, that's not Maggie. I know she's dead. I know she's dead. I know she's dead. So she's freaking out." And Will's trying to like get her to calm down, tell her to shut up and stuff. And eventually, like this is when uh, we get Miriam saying, "Like, hey, we need to get out of here. Like, I don't know what I saw out there, but it scared me to death. We got to get out of here." And he wants to leave, you know, with his daughter and stuff. But, um, like, because, like, basically they think it's the, half the town just thinks it's, like, the Shaman Indians. And then, you know, some of them believe, like, this is, like, some weird spirits out here as well, too. And then, eventually, while this is happening, the Native American gift from God girl has Jules and Jules' wife's kids clothes on her and the wife freaks out what is that girl doing my clothes and all this stuff and and will's like defending her and stuff and they start going back and forth to each other so we're seeing some more tension between the townsfolk and will so this part's pretty funny too so while this is happening this is the scene where the indian girl brings maggie out to the forest again like she's going out there and uh, while this is happening, so she, she's like going out there and then <laughs> she runs across mud people like sucking on a cow's tit. <laughs> All right. And like what I was my first thought when I saw the scene, I was like, is that the mud people from Woodstock 97? What the hell is going on here? How did they get to this movie? This is a fucking time traveling movie? What's going on here? And then they eventually look at her and they start chasing her ass. And she's like running away and stuff. And they keep disappearing. Like they'll they'll chase and they'll disappear. They'll chase and they disappear. So and this is when they all have everybody running at her. Like the whole group of everybody. Like just all running at her. And eventually she gets back inside. And this is when Leanne stops them. So we're seeing that Leanne has some power. Okay, so this is when the, uh, this is when the sister and Will... Uh, like acting all weird and then eventually sister screams devils like very weird so she's like she she she's starting to feel like you know, this is not indian these are like spirits these are like creatures coming after them now so this is also too when will like he's basically seeing that the townspeople want to leave and he is like saying like he looks around lisa and he looks at it kind of like stares a hole through sister when she says devils and stuff looking at it all pissed off and then he looks over to Elise and she he kind of sees her packing 
And he looks at her and he says, Judas. And this is also too when we get um we get Will and we get Jewel. They're out there in the forest now. And they're saying, like, you know, don't believe, you know, what this guy Marion guy's saying. Like, you are a soldier from God. We can take care of these Indians and ourselves. The next thing I know, he runs into fucking pig head guy. He freaks out. And then Jewel shoots the guy and the birds fly in. And then they look at her like a pig's head on there. And he's like, you know, what kind of like devil witchcraft is this? And then he tells Jules, his Christian soldier, he's like saying like, listen, I've dealt with devils. I dealt with demons before. And while he's telling the story, Leanne's right behind him too. Because she's trying to protect him. Like she's like a protector of everybody. And she is telling, he's just, because basically every time that somebody goes out to the forest, Lee is always there to kind of protect him because she knows what's going on. But the problem was, Will spills the beans about what really happened to Luann's mom. He's all like, I've dealt with devils before. When I was burning Luann's mom, I saw all the, the hatred and everything flow through her. And I freaking stopped her. And then eventually he sees Leanne. He's like, oh, Leanne, what the hell? And he starts chasing her and stuff. And then eventually we hear Leon speak for the first time, saying like, "Now, now you, now you're weak, and no one's gonna help you. Like she's not gonna help him anymore. He is, he is now gone from helping because of what he did." So now we have Marion. He's trying to leave with Vanny, uh, and then Ely says like, "Listen, listen, hear that out there? They hear like some <clears throat> screaming out there before they can leave." And this is one the Native American girl. She's all looking pissed now. And this is when we get a bunch of the bones falling from the sky. And this is when we get a bunch of mud people running around. There's lightning everywhere. Uh, the sister is uh, like, <clears throat> she's like freaking out over there. Um, this is also too when the sister, she like walks outside. Like she gets out of there. And then all these naked Indian people grab her and they all vanish as well too. Yeah, I was gonna say, is this where all like the naked, all the nudity happens, like all the natural nudity, where they're like rolling around in the river and the in, the Native Americans are running down the river naked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought this scene was really cool. Yeah, this is part of that stuff that's going on during that time. Right. Um, and this is well, this is mostly when the bones were flying and like falling from the skilling yeah. and everything. And this is when the uh, Native Native American. This is when she reveals herself to be some sort of cat demon. And she's trying to take You're Meg right. from the group as well. Yeah, I feel like this part of the movie is hard to explain if you haven't seen it. Yeah, like, yeah, it like is. If a you're not hard. seeing what's going on, it's really hard to describe what we're actually watching. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's also a lot of explosions here too. Like it's weird because like every time like like Ma'am's shooting, like it's like there's like fucking uh, this stuff is being destroyed. So this is basically what, what's happening is. After like all these explosions, everything happened like that. Miriam is now taking the kids away and trying to get them out of the forest while the rest of the the group is staying here. And then what happened during all this too is also like a dart also went into Jules' neck as well. So he is down for the count. So during this, Jules doesn't really know what's going to happen to himself. Um... He's all like, he doesn't know what, he's all in a room and everything. So I'm just going to tell like how I see it. So basically we have Jewel where he took a dart in his neck. They're all sitting around the cabin. And he's going on like saying like he doesn't know what's going to happen to him. It kind of scares him. And eventually he passes away. We can see Will during this time. 
he is all like kind of distraught like he's like you know fuck my freaking angel girl was some sort of demon this leanne girl is now found out that i burnt her mom everybody's kind of like going off of me now and i don't have my congregation nobody really respects me anymore and the last guy who did respect me is now dead so this is also too when we have Miriam, he's taking his two kids out of there and he is trying to get them to safety and then they're they're walking through the forest and eventually they they see the old witch uh creature thing from power rangers sees them they eventually run up to a tree because lee said like hey if you're in danger just hide up on a tree and they can't find you that way but this fucking tree demon witch thing is like laying it down and everything and eventually when they're sleeping like fanny drops something and the witch thing hears it and like he's all like marion's like okay it'll be okay they can't get us up in here but the next thing you know that the witch is right behind them and then they all fall down and eventually they capture Miriam into the water and then the kids run off. They run back. Basically, they run back to the um, the cabin at this time. And then, you know, they're all saying, like, you know, we lost Miriam. He's got stuck in the water. You know, Jewel just died over here as well, too. Like, we got to get out of here. Like, the rest of us need to, to get a run for it. So we have Illis and we have Jewel's wife. And we had the two kids. And they want to leave. And they're going to leave Will behind. They're going to leave Smythe behind. And then they actually eventually do. They all leave him behind. She eventually breaks from him and everything. And then Will, he's all staying there. And he's all like, you know, in disbelief. He's all like, this is supposed to be my kingdom. It's supposed to be my paradise. It's going to happen. And eventually, there's some wind stuff. He falls down, starts crying. And it sounds like he shot himself. Which I don't know if he even had a gun or not. So. Right. Yeah, so he eventually does all that. Um, so we, couple, we get a couple of scenes where we see. Um, the, this is when, the, this we're, we're doing like a little crosshair over here. We see Lisa and all the kids and everything. She's kind of getting the kids into like this little like box looking thing to make sure they're, they're going to be going to be rescued. Maybe go down the river uh, because they keep getting uh, countered by the mud creatures. And this is also, too, when we see Miriam. He's actually part of a tree right now. But we have a... some some For some reason, we have a naked Lee with her shirt off. Like, telling him to fight through the tree and fight through the... To, to fight through the witch and fight through the power that the witch has over him. Like, keep fighting yeah. and get out of this tree. Right. So I took that as, like, that's, like... She's communicating it with him spiritually. So, okay, so... Part of the nudity in this, like, so what I took from this was like, anytime that anyone is shown nude in this movie, that's like their their spiritual version. I got, you. which is why the Native Americans disappeared when you know during that scene, and like that, like, so this is Lee in her spiritual version communicating with Marion on how to fight the tree demon. That's what that's at least that's what I thought. Yes, she's saying like push, you know. Like, like, fight through it. You can do it. You can fight through it. You can, you can beat this thing. Let it happen. And eventually, he does. He fights out of him and stuff. And then right when he broke out of it, this is also too when we were seeing the, uh, the, the runners. Like, every time we see, like, the mud people, besides when they're sucking on that fucking cow, they're, like, running everywhere. They're like the sprinters. Mm-hmm. There's, like, some sort of sprint team going on here. They were sprinting at everybody, and eventually they just vanish. 
And then when they do vanish, they like vanish into like real bodies. And then we get a weird scene of them like floating around naked. I guess that's like their spirit, like you were saying. That's what I thought, yeah. Yes. Um, and then during this, that particular point, um, like I said, they put Meg and uh, Fanny and Meg in that little like chest thing that rolled down the river. And uh, this is when we see a scene of um, Elis and then Jewel's wife. They're like chopping wood. And then they eventually see Marion. And then the Marion, they start kissing and everything. And this is when we get back to the story part of the two kids telling them. And the captain's like, you want me to believe all this stuff? You want me to believe all these fairy tales and everything? Says, where is this valley? Show me. Show me where this valley is. They're like, we don't know where it's at. She's all like, like, stop telling me fairy tales. You know, wh- wh- where it's going? How how many how many of them are you? Like, what's going on over here? And then eventually, Meg she gets like a flower because we have Lee saying, "Hey, everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be fine." And then Meg's like, "Oh, don't worry. Everything's gonna be fine." And then then eventually, the the, the French captain's like, "All right, Captain, get them out of here." And then eventually, Captain has like the the, the the fucking yellow eyes and then we end the movie yeah because he's been taken over by the power yes so very very interesting movie uh kind of clustered there in the middle um we never really knew you know what happened to Miriam, elise and um jewel's wife like they never they basically just made up and that was it like they're, are they gonna go look for their kids now or yeah, i guess they maybe I mean, they found not- them because of Lee. I don't know, maybe. I mean, it's not really explained how any of that happened or why it happened. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, you know. By that point, you're kind of in the hallucinogenic, like, you know, uh, you kind of have moved and you've evolved and you've moved into another world by this point. Yeah, so, maybe you know, they have. In the, yeah. Maybe they got stuck in the valley of what it maybe. is. So everybody, that was that was the old eyes of fire. And uh, I do want to bring up something though. So this this kind of reminded me a little bit of the Green Man legend in a way, because you know the Green Man was a was a uh, was a tree was a, was a was a tree a story. Hmm. It was a it was a story of a symbol of rebirth, representing the cycle of new growth that occurs every spring. So the the yeah. green man is the most commonly in in, in a sculpture by leaves. Like so, basically, it's like a like a like a. Let's see if I can get the story over here. So the green man is is believed to be the the symbolism of the cycle of life, death, and rebirth. So the symbol of godhood with within the male and its relationship with the transcendent like forces of godness, the female expresses a divinity. He is a pagan symbol who heralds springs after a long winter and the renewal of lush vegetation. So there's a little bit of that in here. This is with a little bit more like tribalism and stuff. Like so I think they kind of mix both of the stories together. Yeah, I mean I, I agree with that. Like, I thought about that, too. Like, there's a lot of, like, Green Man, like, imagery in it. Like, I mean, it's just... But Green Man is also, like, just a typical... um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like a typical like nature spirit, like nature um nature is the religion kind of thing. And that's what this is kind of about too. Like nature is the religion. Like all of these things are the same. Which is what I would say about religion in general is that you know it's it's all it's all the same thing. It's just that the problem is that people like Will Smythe use it to their own advantage and try to say that other 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 people that you're listening to are not true. You know they're not talking about the true religion. Only I'm talking about the true religion. And when when in reality, all these things are all really the same thing. Yes. <clears throat> and I thought I had like a little good like symbolism. I thought actually, like we were saying before, like the actual demon itself, that little witch creature demon that kind of looked like it was from Power Rangers. But yes. I thought that was really done. I thought the negative part was really done. The mud people were was a very nice touch. It was just very, you know, very creepy, very different. So definitely a really fun story that we covered over here on the Retro Blood, even though it did get a little some parts. I mean, it's kind of one of those movies where it's hard to explain what is actually happening. So this is yeah, definitely you a movie you you definitely need to see because it was definitely you know it we we can we can do the plot points of what the actual story means, but when it comes to the actual explaining the actual cinematography of the movie, that is like a little difficult. You actually kind of have to see it to believe it almost of what they yeah, did. I mean, this is. I mean, it, it, you should see this movie. I mean, this is a legitimately good movie. Yeah. I mean, you should see you should see this movie. I mean, I feel like if we can explain possession, we can explain anything. Yeah. But you know, we 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 kind of did our best with this, and you just really need to see it. Like, it's something that it's definitely a visual experience. It's something that movie it's, it's it's that's what a movie should be. Like, it's it's definitely something that I would love to have seen in a movie theater because I bet it looked great. And, you know, all the colors and the negative and like the, I, I just, I'm, I mean, I bet it was beautiful. I bet it was really beautiful when you saw that in a huge, on a big screen. Yeah. And it kind of like a different movie during this time too. Cause you know, we had a couple period pieces of horror movies, you know, but during the eighties, I mean, I don't remember there being, I got too many of them, especially, um, portraying this particular type of history around this particular time period. Uh, is there anything you want to end us with, Allison, before we uh, no, head on out of here? I mean, not a, not not really. I mean, I would say that this is a very, this is like the defining. This is a de- a, a, def- a definition of like folk horror. Like it's, you know, it's it's um, you know, maybe more defining than the movie we're gonna do next week. But it's very like you know, it's talking about the old gods and things that are older than humanity and and like this is a very very good example of folk horror if you just wanted to pick one movie um from the 80s to show someone what folk horror is this would be a great choice i think oh yeah definitely as a fire everybody you can check it out on uh, shutter if you want to know where to find it but allison what are we gonna do next week what are we going to get ourselves into next week here on the Retro Blood? Oh man, next week is going to be fan fucking tastic. We're going to do Rawhead Rex from 1987. Rawhead um, Rex, brother. Clive, yeah, based on a Clive Barker story. Um, you guys are going to love this. It's on Shutter too. Yes. So if you guys want to check out Shutter, I think they're offering like a free trial of some kind. 
you should try that and watch Eyes of Fire and then watch Rawhead Rex and then tune in next week and we can uh, we can talk about this fantastic fucking movie. Yes, we can, everybody. So check us out here every Sunday here on the Retro Bud. And how about we leave you guys with some Merciful Fate? What song should we leave everybody wrong. with? Um, what do you think about In the Coven? Into the Coven, brother. Yep. Because our boy Will tried to get everybody to be in his coven. And we saw how that worked out. It didn't work out for him at all. Nope. So this is Into the Coven. This is Merciful Fate. This is the Retro Blood. This was Eyes of Fire. Hope you guys check us out next week. Because we're going to be continuing the, our, our month-long review of folk horror movies here on the Retro Blood. So if you're out there, if you're uh, going to be going on to some Indian... Uh, land, uh, just make sure to watch out for feathers falling from the sky and beans. And if you see a guy named Smythe, don't listen to him, brother. He's going to take you yep. into terror. <laughs> yeah, run the other way and don't fuck around with that shit. Don't fuck around with it. We'll check you later here on the Retro Blood. See you later, everybody. See you guys. <laughs>